together. Are you glad you're here in the house of the Lord? This is the day the Lord has made, and what will we do? We will rejoice and be glad. I think in Psalm 68, the psalmist said, May our thoughts think over your goodness, O Lord, in the midst of your temple. So that's what we're going to do today. We are blessed to think over the goodness of the Lord. Pastor Jazz, I think, is going to sing a song about how great are your works, O God. So we're looking forward to worship today. We want to welcome all you. You look lovely. You look wonderful. And let's let our online family know how much we love them and appreciate them. Let's let them know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Even the islands, you know, there's thousands and thousands of islands, almost a million islands, and the Lord knows them all by name. Praise the Lord. She didn't leave me nothing to say <laughs> other than the scripture says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. How many knows this afternoon as we worship the righteousness of the Lord, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. How many can say that? The joy, come on, say it, the, of the Lord is our strength. Now let's lift our voice to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we love you today. We honor you. We thank you that you've already filled this house with your presence, that your glory has resting upon us together. We thank you today that your kingdom has come and your will is being done. And we declare that for this service today, that your anointing rests upon this worship team, Pastor Jazz, upon Pastor Kent and Candy. And Lord, we're just declaring today, we're declaring today, your kingdom is now and we enter it by faith and give you honor and give you glory. Can we do that together? Come on, lift your voice. Come on, as Pastor Jazz comes. Come on and give Jesus the praise. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord.
you, Jesus. Come on in the sanctuary. Just lift your hands today. Say thank you for your works. Thank you for your miracles. Thank you for your love. Glory in the praise. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord. We join our voices with the angels today. And we cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You're worthy, Jesus. Come on, church, enter in. Come on and press into his presence. Day and night, night. 
lift your hands. Jesus, we rest, Lord. We rest in you. Lord, that you're going to do it. That you're going to do it. right now wow don't you don't you love the way that pastor jasmine and this worship team leads us into the presence of the lord don't you love that everybody musicians everybody so this is the first sunday of the month so we always take communion here the first sunday so i'm going to ask you to get your elements and we don't just do this as ritual we do it out of a relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so I've been wrestling because I knew I was going to do this. And uh, so I'm 
praying about it because I take this seriously. And uh, so I had everything worked out in my mind, what I was going to say until about two minutes ago. So one of the things that got on Pastor Kent from the time I got here, although it had been going over in my mind early this morning, and I submit this uh, to Pastor Kent, but I, I heard in my spirit breakthrough has begun. I'm going to say it again, and I, I don't take that. I said break so many times we talk about a breakthrough coming, but I'm declaring right now breakthrough, breakthrough has begun. Breakthrough has begun. Breakthrough has begun. In every area, in every area, from healing to miracles, signs, wonders, resources, breakthrough for you, for, I, for this house, breakthrough has begun. And so we're going to take as a symbol and sign of our faith the one that broke through death, hell, and the grave, the great breakthrough, Jesus Christ. We're going to receive these elements. I want you to get the bread. Oh, my goodness. Lord, we just thank you. I, I just want to, Lord, we just thank you right now for your body that we can partake of it now and receive from you the breakthroughs in our physical lives like we've never known before and then also in our spirit. We sanctify this bread. We declare it as the bread of the covenant. And Lord, we ask you now as we receive this by faith, activate the power of it in our lives in Jesus' name. Now, will you receive that bread? Mm. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many can say thank you right now? Thank you for the breakthrough, Lord. I'm telling you. Now, taking the cup. We sanctify this. We declare it holy. The blood of the covenant that cleanses us, seals us, and delivers to us every promise, every promise. So, Lord, thank you now that you shed your blood for us that we might come into perfect union with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. We receive it today in your name, Jesus. Receive the cup. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And we declare breakthrough has begun. And the church said amen. Amen. Let's welcome Pastor Nick. Hallelujah. Breakthrough. 
That's amazing. Man, I, I, I was, I've been reading a book by George Mueller, and in it he said, in 50 years, I've never been denied an audience with the king. And I love it because I come here every Sunday and we're never denied an audience with the king. I always, always feel the presence of God in this house. If you want to stand to your feet, we're going to turn our hearts to giving and we'll say our offering declaration together. And it's, and it's so easy to get numb to it by repetition. But what we're doing is we're sowing a seed by faith. And when we say our offering declaration together, we are giving direction to our seed. And so please grab hold to a part of this declaration. And in your prayer time this week, just begin to remind the Lord of, of where you are sending your, your seed, your offering offering to the Lord and what you need it to do for you and watch God come through for you. Amen? We'll say this together. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God God are chasing me and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancement, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Grab a hold of it. Ushers, you may serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. How's everybody doing today? Well, maybe, just possibly, you got here and no one has told you they love you yet today. And so I just want to be the first. I love you. Happy Sunday to you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be in the presence of the Lord and my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to tell you, we got some visitors today, and I want to just point out some folks to you. First of all, we have some people on the front row that I was raised with from a, from a, when did we meet? Maybe I, maybe I was three years old. I don't know. But anyway, all of my lives, and they're here from Pearland, Texas, Buddy and Vicki Hodges. Would you stand, all of you from Pearland, and let us welcome you. We're honored to have you. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Um, so, any, oh, wait, I know. I, I have a paper here, maybe. Okay, how about, did I hear South Carolina is here? We're in South Carolina. Hello, welcome. Glad you're here. Lord bless you. Uh, and Alabama, is Alabama represented? Stand up, Alabama. Let us welcome you. Glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Anybody else from other, another state here? Yes. Wisconsin. We love Wisconsin. Stand and let us welcome you, sir. God bless you. Yes, glad to have you. And Pennsylvania. Hello, Pennsylvania. We're glad you're here. God bless you. Anybody else from another state? Yes, sir. Colorado. Stand, Colorado. Let us welcome you. So honored to have you. Anybody else from a different state? Confusion? No, no. No one from there today. Well, we're just so happy to have you. I've got a lot of things I want to talk with you about. 
uh, before Pastor Kent comes. But uh, we, this is, I'm very, very excited about this. And I believe that this is one of the things that sets our church apart from other congregations is that this church was founded on prayer. And a year, months, a year before Pastor and I started this church, we just started praying and fasting for, for this area and this region. And then just all of a sudden, we, we quit preaching and we went, we just started a church. And, you know, we had some people come the first service and they were excited, but they were committed to other churches. We just kept on praying. Our next service, I think we had three people, Pastor Kent and I and the sound man. But, uh, but we kept on praying and believing that God was going to move in this region. And so we still believe that, and this church is still praying and crying out to God for His glory to be revealed, not only in this region, but in this generation. We need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this generation. And so this is the thing that sets our church apart because we're a praying church. And not only are we a praying church, we're a fasting church. And I believe that that's why we see miracles, signs, wonders, demons cast out, people healed of all kinds of cancer and diseases here because you are a powerful remnant, an army that God is raising up in this hour. So we're going to be fasting next week. We'll be fasting Wednesday, uh, sorry, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, we'll be praying at the old warehouse location, and some of you are watching online, and you'll be coming in from out of town to pray with us. But that location is 535 Brick Church Park Drive, Nashville. And so we're praying. I don't, it'd be nice if I'd put these glasses on I got in my hand. But we're, okay, it's October the 5th through the 7th, and we're praying at the warehouse location from 5.30 to 7 p.m. So it's really, you know, it's wonderful if you're praying at home. But there's something that happens when we pray together as a corporate family. If any two touch, if two touch anything on earth and agree, it shall be done. So we get together and we come into agreement in the Holy Ghost. And that is Thursday night, Friday night. And then we will be praying in this room Saturday morning. Pastor Kent will lead us in communion Saturday morning. And that is our normal monthly corporate prayer. We pray every Saturday uh, sorry, every first Saturday of the month, and that is from 9.30 to 10.30 right here in this room, so you don't want to miss it. So whatever you do to fast, some people, you know, say, well, I can't fast food. I work a strenuous job, and you fast media, or you're, you fast desserts, or for some, for some people, fasting cake would be a really big, <laughs> big sacrifice. But I... <laughs> But God will honor whatever you do. But Jesus Christ was our template. He was our example. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights and went back on the mountain and fasted 40 more days and nights. So, so Jesus said this, when you fast and when you pray. He didn't say if you fast and if you pray. So we're going to fast and pray next week. It's going to be a glorious time. I cannot wait to see the miracles that God is going to perform. The breakthrough has already begun. 
That's what, that's what the Lord spoke through Pastor Harry. The breakthrough has already begun, and so we're going to get a breakthrough this week. And so I probably do need to see what else is on this paper. Okay, so we do have camp meeting. Uh, that's our tent revival October the 27th and the 28th, and that is in our new location at, at 709 Rivergate Parkway. And I'm so excited to have our first service just on the premises. We'll be in a tent, but on the premises there at 709 Rivergate Parkway. And I'm so excited about that building. And I, I just got some fun stuff, I, just some really neat things that God is doing over there at, at that building. Can I tell it? Can I tell it? Is it okay to tell it? Y'all don't tell nobody, okay? There's nobody here but us. So, um, you know that uh, our oldest son passed away last year. And he and I uh, loved baptizing together. And uh, he, was, he was just my, my cohort in baptizing. And now Pastor Nicholas and I baptize together. And it's, it's a glorious thing to see people baptized. But uh, our son that passed away never saw this building. And so uh, Cody Rothwell, our general contractor, called me a couple of weeks ago and he said, we're pouring the concrete in the baptismal tank. And is there anything that you would like in that concrete to be cemented into that concrete? And I said, yes, there is. There is a picture of me and my son baptizing Diamond. Is Diamond here? Where's Diamond? She's upstairs in the children's department. But baptizing one of the young girls in this church. And so it is planted in the cement of that baptismal tank. So in a sense, we sowed a seed. We sowed a seed in that baptismal tank. So anyway, we're going to be there October the 27th and the 28th. And um, we have a harvest festival October the 30th. And I think this would be just a good time just to stand, if you will. And why don't we just start giving the Lord a hand clap of praise? Why don't you just release your spirit to the Lord? Somebody give the Lord some praise. Come on. Come on. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. Press in. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Oh, a shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Be seated. Uh, before I get into the message today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about our new building. And uh, how many's drove by there lately? Tremendous progress. And if you get to walk in, uh, you'll be amazed at what God is doing. And uh, I was there this week, and we were just filming a little short uh, excerpt to send out. And uh, just overwhelmed by the generosity of this church that's in the building and online and just to see what, what God is doing. Uh, we're probably about 60% done. Uh, it doesn't look like it, but, you know, the most important parts are the ones you don't see that much. And, uh, of course, our baptistry, we put a swimming pool in. Um, 
but most of our plumbing's done, uh, most of our electrical, uh, fire systems, uh, sprinkler systems, uh, most of the sheet. We're putting up about 6,000 sheets of sheetrock. And this is going to be a magnificent church. You're going to be proud of this building when you walk in. And um, just, to, just to walk through it is still overwhelming. Just to thank God what you have done in such a short time. And from, from the very inception of this vision, it has been God-driven. From God sending us the right people to make this vision happen to finding the right location. And so um, we're excited about what God is doing. And I just want you to know how much you've already done. We, uh, this, this build out is somewhere around eight to nine million dollars. And uh, we have already paid over four million in cash. Isn't that great? And we have already, not only on top of the four million dollars that we have put into this building so far, we also put two and a half million dollars down cash at closing. So we've been able to see God provide for this vision uh, at the level of six and a half million dollars. And so um, we initially, we wanted to be in this building by the end of November, but because of supply and demand issues that uh, have been created through the coronavirus and all of that, uh, we've been pushed back some. And so it looks like probably, uh, God willing, we should be able to occupy uh, this building somewhere around the end of January. And so uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about giving. Uh, I think it was Paul that was talking to the church, and he said, I might have done you wrong in that I never gave you the opportunity to give, but he said, I bore the burden myself. Uh, if you know anything about our ministry, we don't, uh, we don't ask for money. But, uh, and I think probably that's just my personality. How many of you believe it's, it's much harder to receive than it is to give? Sometimes that can be a pride issue because then you feel like you're obligated. But as the shepherd of this house, the Bible says this, that you cannot outgive God. And I have watched God supernaturally reward the seed. The, the soil, when you plant it in God's kingdom, cannot be touched by the devil. It can't. It is in a safe place. So when you sow into the kingdom of God, you're always going to get a tremendous return. Uh, I think that sometimes God has us plant seeds that he intends the harvest perhaps to be a generation later. I think that this church 
is a result of seed that my wife and I planted maybe 30 years ago. And God kept that seed in that soil and he germinated it because he said it was not time for it to come up until the need in the earth needed it. And so um, we, up until this point, every time we've had a bill come in, we've had the money in the bank to pay it. And I, I told our staff the other day, I said, you know, you really think about it, we really not had to walk by faith. Because when the bill came in, whether it was a million and a half dollars, the money had been there, we would write the check. And uh, it's only been in the last couple of weeks we've had some things come in, and all of a sudden we're realizing, okay, we're stepping over into another dimension. It is not the will of God for us to slow down this project. It is not the will of God for us to stop it. It's not the will of God for us to go the cheap route. He who puts his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of the Lord. And so today I'm making an appeal to you, not only to those of you in this building, but to everybody that calls this your church worldwide. We have thousands of online members around the world that if you will get a hold of the vision, God is going to make the provision. And what we need in the next three months, and I'd like to see it come in sooner, is we need $4 million. I do not, I will not, I'm, I'm going to just tell you right now, I will not go to the bank and borrow $4 million. We're going to watch God do something. And we have watched... Um, this week, we were in, in meeting. We were just seeking the Lord about what to do. We had, we had over a million dollars or, or close to a million dollars due. And God supernaturally, just in a few hours, uh, made a provision of over a million dollars that came in. And so you are part, you are part of a church that has the hand of God on it and the blessing of God on it. And so I want to challenge you that you cannot outgive God. And I know this. There's more than $4 million in the womb of Regeneration Nashville. It's there. And it's not just one person. And uh, years ago, uh, there's just a handful of us that are left from the original church. But I know Steve and Terry and um, uh, Jeff and Linda and Cheryl, a few ones. We were in service at the end of a celebration uh, anniversary. And I'd never done this before. And the Spirit of the Lord hit me. And God said, I want you to get up and take up an offering because there's $100,000 in this building going to be given today. And we had about 70 people. And I said, do you know what kind of people I have in this church? I said, they're not wealthy. And the Lord said, do it. And so I just got and I said, I feel like the Lord said to take up an offering. I didn't tell him how much, if, if I remember right. And uh, my wife and I made the first gift. Felt like the Lord told me, he said, you're the leader, you make the first gift. And within, I would say, less than three minutes, that little handful of people gave 
$2,000. There was a spirit of giving that got loose. And so in the name of the Lord, and I'm not taking up an offering today, but I, in the name of the Lord, I loose a spirit of generosity around the world to everyone under the sound of my voice that God would open the windows of heaven over this house. And we declare that in the next 30 days by faith, we're declaring by faith that God is going to release $4 million dollars Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, you got to start thinking different. You got to break this poverty mentality. You got you to break this miser mentality. You got to start thinking that God can do anything. And so in the name of the Lord, if you are in agreement with this vision, if you declare that, God, I'm going to stand in intercession, I want you to begin to stand to your feet across this building of those of you that are online. And I want us to begin to thank God that this opposing spirit that's trying to stop the wealth to come in from the sinners and the wicked to begin to be released in the house of the Lord. Now, God, I ask you to put a spirit of giving on Regeneration Nashville. I'm asking you, Lord, to open up their hearts. God, that, Lord, as we begin to give, Lord, that it will be as in the Old Testament. They'll have to say, stop giving because the coffers are full. Now, Lord, we thank you, hallelujah, that, Lord, there is no debt on this house. God, we thank you, Lord, that we're not asking for a man, but God, we are believing that you are going to exceeding abundantly. God, meet the need that's in this sanctuary. And that, Lord Jesus, it's your house. It's for your glory. God, it's for the souls that are going to be saved. We call it done in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to, um, I was going to preach this last week, and we just had a detour. And so um, this week, uh, I was planning on preaching what I had last week, and God uh, has just kind of changed the direction of this message but I, I, we're going to take our text today out of the book of Matthew, a very familiar portion of Scripture, Matthew chapter 16. Two of my favorite verses in the Bible. Matthew chapter 16. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord. Verse 18. This is off the heels of Peter declaring to Jesus Christ who he was. Verse 18, and I say also unto thee, because Peter, what you've said to me, he said, now I'm going to respond to you. He said, you are Peter. Don't you love it that when Peter identified who Jesus was, Jesus then identified who Peter was. If you will declare to God who he is in your life, God will declare to you who he is in your life. He will, give you, he will give you clarity. He says, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not about Peter, but he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he says this emphatically, and the gates 
of hell shall not prevail against it. And then verse 19, I really want to pull our, our theme from here. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever, not certain things, now, I'm going to qualify that there are some things off limit. He said, whatsoever, 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 hallelujah, whatsoever thou shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, God, I thank you for the anointing of the Lord that's already in this sanctuary. Lord, we thank you that yokes are being broke right now, that angels are dispatched in the atmosphere, that there is a loosing of authority and anointing, God, that while thy word is being declared in the name of the Lord, that liberty is being released, chains are being broken, that the word of God is not bound, and God, that we are binding the enemy in Jesus name you can be seated one of the things that stands out to me in this in this verse is when the Lord is speaking to 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 Peter he says this he did not say I will give you the key to the kingdom he said the kingdom has keys it's plural it means that there are different places in the kingdom of God that require different keys in order to get in there. You know, a key implies a door or a lock. A lock implies a door. A door implies that there is a room that has something in it that needs to be guarded. And in reality, locks are not to keep people from coming out. They're more about keeping people from coming in. When you left your house today and you locked it, or you got out of your car and you locked it, you weren't thinking in terms of, I don't want anybody getting out of here. You're thinking in terms of, I don't want anybody getting in here. And so that means that there are places in God that the enemy cannot get into because he does not have access or he does not have the key. But there are also places in the Spirit that subjectively belong to you and I as believers, but we have not yet entered in yet because we don't find the right key. When the Lord said this, he said, if you want to get into my gates, he said, what do you need? He said, you need a key called thanksgiving. 
See, there's all kinds of people that want to get into the gates of God, but they want to come in saying, Lord, it's so rough, it's so horrible. God, did you forgive me? Where are you at? And they're trying to put in the wrong key, and the gate won't open. God said, if you want to get inside my gates, you got to get a key called Thanksgiving. And when you stick it in there, you begin to say, Lord, it's not. Don't tell God how bad it is. You begin to say, God, I want to thank you for what you've already done. And he said, once you get inside my gates, he said, then he said, there's another room that you can get in called praise. But he said, you'll never get into my courts unless you get the right key. And he said, you enter into my gates with thanksgiving, but you enter into my courts with praise. See, most people don't know how to praise God because they are ruled by their circumstances instead of their faith realm. And so, there are, you and I have a heart, and then it's a room. And you and I control who gets in there. I'll give you a biblical example. Judas was not born, he was not predestinated at birth to be the one who would betray Christ. Anybody that thinks that's wrong, because then that's saying that, that he never ever had a chance. Predestination messes a lot of people up because they think, well, God predestinates some people to go to heaven and some go to hell. When he was talking about that we are predestinated in Christ... He's talking about the whole new creation. He's not talking about the individual. That when you come, when if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. He was decreeing that the new creation that God made at Calvary is predestined for victory. It's predestined for healing. It's predestined for prosperity. And that you as an individual, when you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and you step into the new creation, then you are predestined for eternity. The Bible says that the chief priests and the high priests had sought opportunity to arrest Christ, but could not because they feared the people. And Jesus had been in a house where the woman came in and she began to wash his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair, or else it was the woman with the alabaster box. But the scripture says, yeah, it was the alabaster box because the Bible said that Judas made the statement. He said, what a waste. He said, that should have been sold, the money given to the poor. And he said, he did not say that because he cared about the poor, but he was a thief. And he missed the opportunity for money. He then goes into the Passover service with Christ, and Jesus makes a statement. He said, one of you is going to betray me. And Judas says, is it I? And the Lord said, thou hast said. And then the Bible says this, then Satan entered in to Judas. Judas gave him the key 
The devil can never enter into you unless you give him the key to get in. And so keys are very important. Years ago, the Lord spoke this to me. He said, every spirit that's in the earth had to come through the church to get there. Homosexuality is rampant in the earth because it's rampant in the church. Pornography is loose in the nation because it's loose in the church. Adultery is loose in the church. Lukewarmness, it's loose in the church. All the sins that we see that are in the earth had to go through the church to get there. Why? Because the church is the gate. And so there are, there are realms that up until now have been closed to the church in this nation and in the nations because we have not had the key to access the doors to get in there. And yet the Lord says to Peter, he says, I am going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And on the day of Pentecost, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, the man who before did not have the key and denied Jesus Christ is now beginning to have the authority and stands up and begins to declare, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And Peter unlocked the kingdom door. And the moment he unlocked the kingdom door, 3,000 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And the world began to be changed and turned upside down. There is a prophetic key of God that is being extended to the church in this hour. And if we will reach out and get a hold of it, God said, I will begin to do things that will astound you. This is why he's said whatever you bind I was in prayer today and I was thinking about this doesn't matter what I bind on the earth until the Holy Ghost comes into agreement with me and binds it in heaven it will still stay loose and whatever I loosen the earth it has to be in accordance with the Holy Spirit and it's loosed in the heavens so we lose four million dollars in the earth and God looses four million dollars in the heaven hallelujah what is that that is a key of authority that God gives you there are some things Things that the enemy has said you will not touch, you will not cross over into. And yet God is saying, I'm giving you the key to enter in. There are many times that you have to go to prayer and you have to ask God, what is the key? What is the key? How many have ever felt like that? I just need God to give me the key. How do I pray or who do I approach or how do I make this same work? And all of a sudden, God will do something supernaturally. And in one moment, what was so hard to make happen just seems to open up magically. That is a key of the Spirit. And so I, I want to I go over to um, trying to hold the good stuff to last and lay your foundation here.
Let's look in Revelations. Let's look in Revelations chapter 1. Verse 18. This is Jesus speaking. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And then he said this. I have the keys of hell and of death. How many realize that there is a key to death and there is a key to hell? And Jesus said this. He said, I have the keys to both. He said, I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. When Jesus went in to hell at crucifixion, when he walked out, he had the keys to hell and to death. And if Jesus has the keys to death, this is why he said that we have the power to raise the dead because we've been given the key to death. When Jesus was in that tomb and on the third day, because he now has the key to death. When it came 72 hours, he just took the key of death out of his pocket, reached over there and unlocked it and walked out where death said you could not come out. And when the Lord, hallelujah, says, I have the keys to hell, then he can make the statement, upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There are dominions in the earth that have been untouchable, have not been able to be breached. And God is saying, I am now in the spirit realm beginning to give some keys to the people of the Lord and places that you you could not breach places that you could not go into God said I'm giving you entrance into those places and he waits until we get to a place to where there seems like there's great difficulty if you flip over two chapters in Revelations chapter 3 Verse 6, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. And then this is the part I love. He that hath the key of David. He that openeth and no man shutteth. And shutteth and no man openeth. The Lord begins to speak here, and he said, I have the key of David. How many ever studied on that, or ever studied on the tabernacle of David? Because we're going to read a verse here in a minute that will tell you what God is getting ready to do. There's only really two places. One is in Amos 9-11 where the Lord talks about raising up the tabernacle of David and then in the New Testament. But Jesus makes this statement. Of all the things that he could say, he makes a non-statement. He said, I have the key of David. 
And he said, I can open a door that no man can shut. And he said, I can shut a door no man can open. In fact, let's just go ahead and read the, the following verse, and we'll stay in context. Verse 8, I know thy works, and behold, I set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and thou hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. And uh, for the last several days, this has just been rolling over in my spirit that Jesus would say this. He says, I have the key of David. And I thought, well, Lord, what is the key of David? Because when you, when you study it and you Google it, the Bible doesn't tell us what the key of David is. There's no verse that says, and this is the key of David. And yet I believe that, that God gave me an insight to what this is. In the Old Testament, um, in fact, uh, I'm just going to be forced to read this other verse, and then we'll go from there. In Acts chapter 15, we'll just read there real quick. How many is with me? How many is wondering where I'm going? Acts chapter 15. And verse 16. And he says, after this, and you have to go back and you read what happened before that. But after this, I will return and I will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things, known unto God are all of his works from the beginning of the world. So the Lord speaks here. He says, I have the key of David. And then he says, I'm going to raise back up the tabernacle of David that's in ruins. So when you go back to the Old Testament and you begin to read about King David, he was the second king uh, after Saul. And under David's leadership, he did some amazing things. The first thing that he did was he brought the presence of God back to God's people. That the Ark of the Covenant had been missing for 20 years, sitting in a priest's house somewhere, and unappreciated and undervalued. And yet the hard-headed king of Saul put no value on the presence of the Lord. I really believe that prophetically that's where we've been in America, especially in the spirit-filled churches. 
Did you know that most spirit-filled churches that you go to today, you don't know if you're in an Episcopalian church, a Methodist church, a Baptist church, or a Pentecostal church. They all sing the same praise and worship songs. They all have the same style of worship. There's no move of the Holy Ghost. There's no absolute re release of, of the tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. There's no shouting. It's just dead. There's no presence of God, and that's why we lost this generation. It's because this generation is not seeking after wealth or material things. They want something that is passionate about. And when you stick people in the presence of the Lord and let them have a divine encounter with the Holy Ghost, God will begin to do something that will change them by the Spirit of God. You won't have to make them come to church. They will get in their car and beat you there because the presence of the Lord or draws men and women into the presence of his people. And see, David had learned to value God's presence as a young man. He wrote most of the Psalms. He was a prophet. He was a psalmist. He was a king. He had priesthood in his blood. The second thing that he did was... He brought unity to God's people. He united Judah and Israel and made them one nation. There has to be something that removes this competitive, cannibalistic spirit that's in the church today that we devour each other and we're terrified and I've told you this, you know, if you pastor long enough, you're going to have people come and you have them go. I had a pastor tell me years ago, he said, Brother Ken, he said, pastoring is like driving a bus. You're going to stop at different stops. Some people are going to get off. Some people are going to get back on or get on. He said, you might 10 stops down the road, have the same people that got off, get back on. But it has to be the presence of God that puts people in church. If they can leave, you have to let them leave. You bless them. But this, this competitive spirit that gets in the house of God, it kills the move of the Lord. David broke that thing. And he brought unity back between Israel and Judah under his leadership. The third thing that he did was he made Jerusalem the capital of Israel again. And the tabernacle of David was not a physical tabernacle. It was a spiritual entity that God was implementing in the earth. And when God begins to speak prophetically, he said, I am going to raise back up the tabernacle of David that was in ruins. If you want to know what the tabernacle of David was, I'll tell you what it was. It was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, the Bible says that all of the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth bodily in Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ was the physical tabernacle that was in the earth of God 
dwelling with men. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seed of angels, believed on the world, and received up into glory. But when Jesus came, hallelujah, he came as the embodiment of God. And his goal was to bring Jerusalem back into a place of rulership, to bring unity back to the people of God, and to release the presence of the almighty creator in the midst of creation. Prophetically, what happens is the tabernacle is torn down at Calvary and it's laying in ruins. And God, hallelujah, on the third day begins to speak a word. And on the third day, the tabernacle of David begins to arise. In this hour, where God is speaking that in the last days I will raise up the tabernacle of David. The Bible says that Christ is the head, but the church is the body of Christ. We would all have to agree that the church has been in ruins in the United States of America. If she wasn't, we would have never been in the shape morally that we're in. We would have never had the problem with abortion, transsexual problems, homosexual problems, and everything else, political corruptness. It was because the church got drunk on things outside of God. But God is saying in the year 2023, there is an anointing from heaven where God said, I'm getting ready to raise up the tabernacle of David in the midst of the house. I'm going to put a key in her hand. And what has been shut, God said, I'm going to open it. He said, I'm going to do things that are going to mind-boggling what God is doing in this hour. So then the Lord says, I'm raising up the tabernacle of David. I'm raising up the church. But then in Revelation, he says, but I have the key to the tabernacle of David. That means that there's a lock. That means there's a door that you just can't go in there and open up the church. Listen, we've tried everything. You know this over the years. I've told you this. I, I did everything I could to make our church grow. Figured out we weren't event-oriented. We would have, you know, we, would, we didn't call it Halloween. We called it, um, what was it, huh? Harvest. I don't know where we got that one, but, you know, I'd have four kids and three adults show up. We did everything, and nobody came to anything. You know, we, we'd have conferences, and I'd have 65 people show up. And, uh, you know, we, we had a billboard right downtown, right above Hustler. I don't think we ever got anybody to come to church from that one. We were on the radio. We did TV ads. Didn't matter. Until God opens the door. And then when we weren't even trying to open the door. December 27th, God just reached out of heaven and said, watch this. Took a key and said, boom, opened the door. And 300 people showed up. Without TV, without radio, without any kind of gimmick. And I'm, I'm standing there looking. I remember getting up and saying, where did every one of you come from? I couldn't get, I just had a hard time assimilating it. 
And so you can't just open the door. I believe that before God comes back, that we're going to run in the thousands. But except the Lord build the house, they that build the house labor in vain. And so I, I've been, I've just been meditating for the last few days. God, what is the key of David? What is the key that you said you have that will open up the tabernacle of David? That even after you pull it out of its ruins and you restore it to a splendor, unless you open the door, God, it's not going to work. And the Lord spoke this to me. He said, go back, and, and, and this is the verse that I want to read to you. This is in Acts chapter 13. Verse 22, and when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. This is why I believe that God spoke to me as the key of David, tabernacle of David. It's God's heart. Because when Jesus would speak, he would say, the words that I speak are not my words. He said, the words that I speak are the words I hear my father speak. He would say, the things that you see me do are not mine. He said, there are things that I've seen my father do. He would say, I and my father are one. He who denies the son denies the father. You could not separate him. And Jesus was praying. He said, Father, restore unto me the glory that I had with thee before the foundation of the world. And so the reason that Jesus could do what he did was because he had the key. He had the Father's heart. See, you can't get in the Father's house unless you have the Father's key. And the key that you have to have in order to get into the Father's house is the Father's heart. It's the Father's heart that unlocks the door. Hallelujah. This is why the Bible serve the Lord with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. He said, they are a people who honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You cannot love somebody with your mind. You first started dating, you first found somebody you wanted to marry, first time you saw them, you couldn't know you loved them. You just lusted them. You weren't going, wow, they got such a great personality and they're so compassionate. They go, wow, she looks really good. <laughs> Might as well be honest. Love is, takes time. Lust is an emotion. Love is a choice. You have to choose to serve God. Because you're going to go through some difficult times where your love is going to be tested to the max. And it's in the difficult moments that your love for God is revealed. And Jesus was able to operate in the realm of authority because he had the Father's heart. In the hour that we're in, God is restoring a love for him back to the house of the Lord.
Shepherds that love sheep. Shepherds should smell like sheep. Hallelujah. They should be able to lay, they should be willing to lay down their life for the sheep because they love them. Love, when you love God, you wind up having the Father's heart. And what made David so unusual, what, why he could do what he did, was because he was after God's heart. Pursuing the heart of God. Pursuing the heart of God. When I go to prayer every day, I always start out by just saying, Lord, I just want to tell you I love you. No matter how great the need is, um, I, I was sick this week, and uh, worst, worst I've been in years. And I, but I would still try to take time just to, just to pray a little bit. And, and as bad as I felt, I still would try to open up. And I would tell the Lord, I just want to thank you for how you've blessed me. And you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to find the Father's heart. I'm trying to find what, what will move him. Hallelujah. What will touch him. And in this hour, God is saying, in Revelations, he speaks this word. He says, uh, I'm going to go back and read it again because I, I, want, I want this to get in your spirit on what I believe that God is getting ready to do. Verse 7 of Revelations 3, he said, He that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. And then he says, I set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. I believe that God, not just in the United States, but around the world, is reaching out of heaven, and he's opening up hell's gates. Because he said, on this rock will I build my church, and the gate... The gates of hell can't stop me. See, there are areas where the enemy has kept the church out of. We've not been able to break through politically or through voting or through culture change. It's like the enemy just saying this is the way it is and you're going to have to accept it. Or you look at things with your children, the enemy's saying, you can't change it, you have to accept it. No, God is saying, in this hour, I am setting before you an open door. This is what Pastor Harry was talking about today prophetically. That breakthrough has already started. What was he seeing in the Spirit? He was seeing where God is opening up a door now that has been shut to the church for decades and God releases keys. Whenever God, listen, God can change the culture in a heartbeat through the church. He looks down in the earth and he says, here, put this key in your hand. And Martin Luther puts a reformation on the door of the Catholic church that says justification by faith. Reaches down and puts a key in Wesley's hand. And he comes up with a revelation that we're not saved by works, but by grace. Reaches down, hallelujah, and 
puts a key in the charismatic movement, puts a key in William Seymour's hands, puts a key in Apostles Paul's hands for the Gentiles, put a key again in this hour. God is raising up some men and women that are going to have the key of the tabernacle of David. And God is saying, get ready. You're going to step over into some realms that you've never been in before. And God said, don't worry about it. The enemy cannot shut it. I'm setting before thee an open door and no man can shut it. That means that in the election that we can change things. Now, I'm not talking about president, but I'm talking about shifting the balance in this nation, in Canada, Australia, Indonesia. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter that we lose the Holy Ghost. See, it's not a physical entrance. You can step into a closed door in India while you're on your knees in Gallatin. You can step into a closed door in Dallas while you're in Houston. Because the spirit man is not confined by geographics. It's just that we've been told for so long, well, that's just the way it is. I, don't, I choose not to accept that. I was told for years, you cannot have a big church if you're Pentecostal. Surprise. Change the world. Jesus said, he said, I am raising up what was in ruins and I'm restoring the tabernacle of David back to its glory. And then he said, I'm going to take the key of David, which is my own heart. David had the heart of God. Jesus had the heart of the Father. And that's why he could operate in the supernatural. You and I... I believe this church loves God and that we are, we're willing to do anything that God asks. That's because we have the heart of God and that we are challenging God. This week, I want you to begin to ask God, put in my hand a key of access. Whether it's your children that are in bondage, that God will give you a key that would unlock the chain that's on them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ask the Lord right now to release to us the miraculous. God, give us the key of David to open up the supernatural. In this atmosphere, in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. God, give us the key to stop child trafficking. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. Lord, as you sent an angel to unlock Paul and Silas in prison, 
We ask you now, God, to unlock these babies, these children that are locked up around the world in sex trafficking in the name of Jesus by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God, we ask you to begin to unlock our prodigals in the name of Jesus. God, I ask you to begin to unlock inventions and new ideas in the name of the Lord. God, we ask you to unlock the wealth of the sinner that's been locked up that you prophetically already declare belongs to the church. God, put a key in our hand that in the name of the Lord, we will pay for the build out and we will pay off on what we owe in the building in the name of Jesus. God, today we bind the spirit of sickness in this house in the name of the Lord. And by the key of David, Hallelujah. We bind in the name of the Lord and we lose health in the name of Jesus. Now, God, mind-binding spirits that have kept men and women from reading the word of the Lord and understanding it, I lose revelation in the name of Jesus upon you by the power of God. Every demon spirit that has bound up your prayer life in the name of the Lord, I lose the evidence of speaking in tongues and praying in the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord, every demon of anger and pride, in the name of Jesus, I bind you by the authority of the Holy Ghost, and I loose you under the sound of my voice, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In the name of Jesus, we loose the key of David. Right now, we loose a shout. In the name of the Lord, we come against the spirit of depression. We come against the demons of heaviness. We come against every suicide demon in the name of Jesus and we loose the Holy Ghost. Key of David. Key of David. Key of David. The heart of God be released on you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. How many are hearing what I'm trying to say to you today? It's not that it's not there. We just haven't found the right key to open it. And that's what the Lord told Peter. said, I'm giving you keys, not just one. You need a whole bunch of keys. You need to ask God, Lord, talk to me in dreams or... Just drop my spirit, but tell me how to make this work. Tell me who to talk to. Tell me the direction that I need to go in. Lord, what is it that's holding our church back? God, what is it keeping me from walking in divine healing? What is it, God, that's keeping my children from not getting saved? God said, even when you have, he said, when you have little strength, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll open a door and you won't need a key. He said, I'll open a door that no man can shut. He said, all you got to do is just walk through it. Hallelujah. How many seeing some possibilities in the name of the Lord? Hallelujah. That you're going to have to enter in by the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to raise your hands because I feel this strong. In the name of the Lord, I come against this small mentality. 
I come against this small mentality that's got a hold of a lot of you that the enemy makes you live. If I just have enough, if I just make it, I break that in the name of the Lord. I'm not just talking about prosperity and finances, but in the name of God that you will begin to think big. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. May the Spirit of God, there's a lot of you that love the Lord, but it's like you're dead on your side. You thank God. It's been so long since I have felt the nearness of God. May the Spirit of the Lord begin to blow on you. So my prayer partners come quickly. The only way, today I, I was seeking the Lord. I think it's over the parable where the Lord's talking about separating the tares from the wheat. According to the scripture, there cannot be a harvest before the rapture. God has to, the Bible says that he will separate the tares from the wheat, then he will gather the wheat into the barn. May God amp this thing up, hallelujah, and begin to defeat just this onslaught of evil that's in the earth. Will you press in with me for a moment? I feel like we're on the edge of something here. Hallelujah. Want you to raise your hands. If you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. God, Lord, we let us enter in. God, show us these doors that you're opening in, this, in the name of Jesus. Open doors today. Lord, that you're raising up, hallelujah, again in this hour, the tabernacle of David. Lord, that we would have the key. It's your heart. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Breakthrough. That's what this is about. This is what Pastor Harry's prophesying. Breakthrough in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. As you begin to feel that, as you begin to press in, if you want to get out of where you are right now and begin to fill the front of this church. But listen, God is opening doors right now. Hallelujah. The doors are opening in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, there are doors opening. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
What a powerful, powerful sermon. If you got a hold of that, he said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom, that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I want us to stretch our hands out towards this lady right here. She's coming for healing. Do you believe, do you believe that God can heal this lady today? I believe it with my whole heart. Pastor Kent. So, so Pastor, this is Gladys. She uh, has had a stroke just a few weeks ago. Her blood pressure is extremely high and suffering with severe depression. Amen. Gladys, amen. Amen. How about if we walk through this open door? Hallelujah. Amen. Gladys, you believe the Lord heals? Amen. Hallelujah. This is where our faith has stepped in. You know, when you're really sick, it's hard to have faith because you feel so bad. And uh, been healthy till this stroke yet, huh? Amen. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, now I loose the power of the healing virtue of Jesus Christ. I command all damage to come out of your body, Gladys, in the name of the Lord. I command this stroke residue to leave, and God, her high blood pressure, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said, you let us walk through a door no man can shut. So God, we're walking into this sickness. God, we're walking into this stroke, and we're commissioning it to be gone in the name of the Lord. Now, Gladys, over your head, into your feet, into your hands, in the name of Jesus, I loose the power of God. Lord, confirm your word. God, don't let her walk off this platform unchanged. But, oh, God, you said, Lord, if we would lay hands on the sick, they would recover. By your stripes, we already were healed. Devil, we resist you. We do not accept this stroke. We do not accept this high blood pressure. She's already healed. She's already well. Now, God, we praise you. God, we praise you that in her feet, Hallelujah. God in her ankle bones, the authority of the Lord. God begin to flow through her body. Then, oh God, strengthen her. Heal in Jesus' name. God, we thank you. We call it done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around just for a moment, I'd love to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Today, I believe that there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus. You ready to make that right? You say, Pastor Candy, I haven't been living like I should. I haven't prayed in a long time. And I just, I want to be sure that I know Jesus as my personal Savior. There's no shame in it. Every one of us have raised our hand. Every one of us have prayed that prayer. So if that is you today and you say, I just want to be sure, just slip your hand up right where you are. I want to pray for you right where you are today. Just slip your hand up and slip it right back down. Let me, let me make sure that I see you. 
Is there anyone today, even online today, just slip up your hand and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I want us to pray together from front to back and side to side. I want us to make sure that everybody under the sound of my voice knows Jesus. So let's pray together as a church family. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross and that he rose again for my salvation. So Lord, would you wash me in the blood of Jesus? Would you cleanse me of all of my sin? Would you come into my heart? I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you give Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap of the day? God is so good. God is so good. I love you so much. I'm excited now. Y'all go home and eat up, okay? Because we're going to start fasting on Thursday, and it's going to be great. You talk about some breakthrough, we're going to have breakthrough around here. So Thursday and Friday, we're going to pray at the old church. And then Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30, we're going to be praying right here in this building. Pastor Kent's going to lead us in communion, and it's going to be wonderful. Did I tell you I love you yet? If I didn't tell you, I do. I love you so much. It's an honor to do life with you. God bless you. I'll see you right here Thursday. No, over there Thursday. Bless you.